Hey, good morning, everyone. Great to see you. Welcome to New Life Patterson. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, my team's better than yours. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to provoke any fights or anything in here, but I mean, we, we are New Life Patterson, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're a Raiders fan, you're ready to fight anyway. You guys are always ready. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we have, <laughs> we have lots of Raider haters in here, that's okay, and lots of Raider supporters. All right, hey, welcome to Jersey Sunday. Uh, my name is Jeremy, this is your first time here, we just want to welcome you, thank you for checking out New Life Patterson. Hey, when you came in, you should have uh, received a program. Hey, also, just real quick, um, if this is your first time here uh, and, you don't, uh, and you didn't know that we have a kids program, you are more than welcome to, to go and check your kids in. Our kids director over there, Miss Anna, uh, uh, she's the one that's got the Patterson jersey on. Uh, she can take your kids into our kids program. We have a dynamic and amazing kids program. So if you're here with your kids and you're wondering, hey, what do I do with my children? We have a kids program. So you can just get up anytime and take them over to our kids program, okay? But when you came in, you received a program like this. Uh, this is how we keep up with our messages here at New Life. So you'll see on the back of that some fill-ins. Uh, we're going to give you those fill-ins as we go through our message. But on the front of that, you'll see some things uh, that we have coming up. And we want to go through a few of those things uh, right now. Uh, first of all is the key words. Down at the bottom, you'll see that we have some key words. We don't put a whole lot of focus on these every week because sometimes it can become white noise. But you'll see the word P News, Team, Pray, and Decision. If you text any of those words into our number, uh, that, that is how you can keep up with uh, prayer requests. If you have a prayer need that you would love for our team to be praying over, anytime that people text that in, they, they text the word prayer into that number, that automatically comes to us so that we know we can be praying over whatever need that you text in, okay? And uh, uh, for P News, that's to keep up with everything that's happening here at this campus. Uh, if you text any other word, you're going to get the Turlock uh, updates. But if you text P News, you're going to get what's happening here at this campus, okay? And then if you make a decision for Christ, you can text that in. Uh, things like that. We, we, we started doing that over COVID, and it's been a real uh, big asset for that. So I just wanted to talk about that uh, for a few minutes. Also, um, this fall, okay, mark this on your calendar. We don't have a graphic or anything for it yet, but we want you to go ahead and put this on your calendar for Sunday, October the 8th, is our fall block party here at New Life Patterson, okay? Sunday, October the 8th is our fall block party, and it's 80s theme, all right? Yeah. So all of you women, get the Aquanet out. <laughs> Time to get that hair big, all right? So that's going to be a lot of fun. So that's uh, on, on Sunday, October the 8th. Also, we just want to say thank you so much for, uh, for your generosity. We could not do what we do every single week without you and your faithfulness and your giving. Uh, if you do, uh, if you've already created a discipline and the habit of, of your generosity, uh, we just want to say thank you. If, if you have not, just want to challenge you uh, to say, hey, what part can I play? Uh, we have four different ways we can give back to God through New Life Patterson. You can text that in. You can do it through the website. You can drop it in our, 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 bo our uh, box that we have located at our exit door on Sundays, um, or you can just mail that in. But we just want to say thank you so much for believing in the mission uh, here at New Life Patterson in loving people one step closer to Jesus. So thank you so much for doing that. And then um, also today is Popcorn Sunday. Okay, if you came in and you smelled the popcorn, you thought, is this a theater 
or is this a church? It's still a church. Uh, but today is Popcorn Sunday. So uh, sometime after church, if you have uh, been here just a few times, you're wondering, uh, what do we do uh, for our kids program? One thing I always like to say and reemphasize is we do not just have daycare. Uh, it is not just babysitting your children. Your children uh, are getting Jesus on their level. Miss Anna, Miss Burnett, and her team, they do an amazing job each and every week. So today is Popcorn Sunday. We're kicking off a campaign uh, for the next few weeks. You're going to see the kids program doing multiple, uh, doing different things on Sunday. So today, grab some popcorn. Go take a tour of our uh, of our kids area. Okay. The, the kids meet in there on Sundays. The students meet in there on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's kind of a multi-purpose room uh, that we use. But we always have people here that say, I've been coming here for a few months. I've never even been in that part of the building. We want to encourage you, go check it out. Ask questions. Talk to Miss Anna. Talk to Miss Fournette and get involved uh, because we would love uh, to add more volunteers on the kids team. So after service, go grab some popcorn, pop on over. and see what's going on over there. Hey, that was pretty clever. That's actually Anna's idea. So I'm not, I'm not that creative. So pop over, grab some popcorn, and then uh, see, check out our kids' area, okay? Pastor John is here today. He's going to talk about a missions trip that we have coming up in November. And so I, th I thought, hey, instead of me trying to talk about it, why don't you talk about it? I like this height. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We do hold it against you. You may leave now. <laughs> hey, thank you, Pastor John. I really appreciate you being here uh, today. Uh, to talk about that. Hey, uh, lastly, if you are here uh, for the first time, we have a gift for you, okay? Please do not leave without uh, getting a mug. And so if you were here last week for the first time, we only had four left. And so I know that there are all kinds of brawls and fights out there over those four, uh, but we have more mugs in this week. So if you did not get one last week, we have more this week. But if you're here for the first time this morning, make sure you grab uh, one of those mugs. Walk out the door, turn left, you'll see our welcome center and just say, hey, it's my first time here. One of our staff member uh, will put that mug in your hand just to say thank you. And also, if you are here for the very first time or if you are watching online for the very first time and you do not have a home church, then we want to say to you, welcome home. Amen. Hey, go ahead and turn in your Bibles, if you have your physical Bibles with you, to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6 is where we are going to be reading from today. And uh, last week was our first online experience. Uh, we had, uh, I think as of this morning, we have close to 300 views from last week. So uh, th that's going uh, across the country. So we have, we, we have people watching from all over. My goal was to increase our viewers on the west side and uh, so that we can be, uh, uh, have a bigger footprint uh, in our area for spreading the good news and the hope of Jesus. And that is happening. So uh, we're excited about what this, uh, what some of the potential uh, that we're going to be uh, diving into for our online experience. Uh, last week we did a quiz on is this Bible or a common saying? We have some more this week, okay? Uh, is this a Bible or a common saying? This too shall pass. Common saying, right, that is not scripture. Common saying, okay. Uh, the second one, is this Bible or queen? Bite the dust. Bible or queen? Bite the dust. It's both. It's both. All right. It's in uh, Psalm chapter 72 in the Bible, and it is queen. All right. Another one. Somebody said, uh, you should have your bass player just stand up there. Anyway, okay. 
Bite the dust. Okay, what about this one? Number three, cleanliness is next to godliness. Bible or common saying? Common saying. There are several Old Testament scriptures that talk about us being clean. Thank you, God. Uh, But uh, that phrase is actually not in the Bible. Okay, number four, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Common saying, that is not uh, in the scripture. Now, the Lord does work in mysterious ways, right? But we know that that is not in the Bible. Okay, in this one, number five, the writings on the wall. That is in the Bible. Yes, that is in the Bible. Daniel chapter five. And you probably hear a lot of people say, well, we know what's happening. The writing's on the wall. It's pretty clear. That actually comes from the Bible. Okay, so we're going to be reading from Matthew uh, chapter six, verses 25 uh, through 33. If you have your Bibles with you, chapter six, verses 25 through 33, it says this from the New Living Translation. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. This is Jesus talking. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies in the field and how they grow. They don't, worry, they don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will, will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. This is our key text for today. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Father, thank you for your word. Now I pray God that you'll speak your words through your servant to your people. May we leave here different than the way we came. In Jesus name, amen, amen. Thank you guys so much. Today we're unpacking another one of those sayings that sounds great, but it is not in the Bible. God helps those who help themselves. Have you ever said that before? I know I have plenty of times. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, the Bible doesn't say that. It's not in the scripture. I've said that to my kids. You better do your homework. You better study for that test. God helps those who help themselves. I've even quoted that phrase to other people. I've asked, hey, are you reading your Bible? Are you growing in Christ? Are you maturing in your walk with him? Because God helps those who help themselves. But the Bible does not say that. We talked about this last week, that if the phrase God helps those who help themselves is true, then once again, my relationship with Jesus is transactional. It goes back to my works. It's something that I have to do first in order for God to interact in my life which makes it all about me and less about him. God, I've done my part, so now you're supposed to do your part. If this is the case, then wouldn't people who don't consider themselves followers followers of Jesus get help from God too? Because the common phrase that we know isn't God helps believers who help themselves or God helps his followers who help themselves. We've just always heard it as God helps those who help themselves. So last week we talked about Uh, using God as some sort of cosmic vending machine, right? If I put my change in and make the selection of my need, then he should respond. 
Well, that's really what the concept of God helps those who help themselves is. As long as you help yourself do anything, then the cosmic vending machine must jump into action and help you. God helps those who help themselves is probably the most often quoted phrase that is not found in the Bible. And you think, but Jeremy, it sounds so good. It must be in the Bible. No, we want it to be in the Bible because it makes us feel good. Back several years ago, before uh, Jimmy Fallon took over The Tonight Show, uh, Jay Leno was in charge of The Tonight Show. And he, this is when it was in LA before they moved it to New York. And so Jay Leno would do jaywalking. And he would find people on the streets and he would ask them random questions and see what kind of ridiculous answer that they would give him. And one of the skits they did was the Ten Commandments. And he would ask people, can you name any of the Ten Commandments? No one could give him an exact Ten Commandment, but all of, nearly all of them said one of the commandments is God helps those who help themselves. Not only is it not a commandment, it's not even in the Scriptures. Barna Research, there's, there's, a, there's a group called Barna Research Group. They did a poll several, several years ago and found that 82% of non-believers and more than 50% of churchgoers actually believe that this phrase is found in the Bible. Now, the person who's historically famous for saying this is Ben Franklin in his book, uh, Poor Richard's Almanac, back in 1757. But before Ben Franklin, 500 years before Christ, Aesop wrote in one of his fables, the gods who help, gods, the gods help them who help themselves. But regardless of its origin, the Bible teaches the opposite. The Bible teaches that God helps the helpless. And just in case you're here today and you may feel, well, um, actually, Jeremy, I, I don't see myself as helpless. I don't feel as though I'm helpless. Let me just say that without Jesus in your life, even though you may not feel helpless, you are. Things may be going well for you. You may not really feel a need for Jesus. You look at your life and you think, I don't feel helpless. I don't feel like I need saving. But we read in scripture that we all need Jesus. If you believe in the Bible, even if you don't believe in the Bible, the scripture is very clear that we all need Jesus. Romans 3.23, the apostle Paul says, for everyone has sinned. That, that's everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. I'm part of that we. You are part of that we. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of God's glorious stand, standard. So here's the big idea for today. God doesn't help those who help themselves. God helps those who can't help themselves. The ones who can't. Paul also wrote in Romans 5, when we were utterly helpless, not I, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Christ came at just the right time and died for me. Christ came at just the right time and died for you. When? When you were utterly helpless. So in terms of salvation, what does salvation mean? It means, it means being saved from our sin and making a decision to follow Jesus. You and I are utterly helpless because we are all infected by sin. We, we are all condemned as a result of that sin. There's nothing that we can do on our own that can change the situation. So thankfully, God is the helper of the helpless. We read this in Titus chapter three. But when, our God, when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. 
He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. You see, God looked and saw humanity that could do nothing to help or rescue ourselves. He saw his most loved creation broken by our own sin, by our own wrongdoing and debt to a charge that we could never pay. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay it for us. God helps those who help themselves. I mean, what part do you actually think that you have to play in this? What, what part do you think you can do first before God helps you? There's nothing. A few verses further down in Romans 5, we read that while we were all sinners, while we were living in a sinful lifestyle, Jesus died for us. He paid the penalty that you and I could never pay and provided the help that we need precisely because we could not help ourselves. So in terms of us becoming followers of Jesus and accepting him as our Savior and our Lord, it's never appropriate to say God helps those who help themselves because we couldn't help ourselves at all. It's always been about Jesus and what he did on the cross for all of us and that alone. Now, let me say this. There are a lot of everyday practical examples where we wish that that statement were true, right? I mean, if God helps those who help themselves, well, then I'm going to start marriage counseling first. Then I'm going to ask God for a healthy marriage. Or I'm going to invest in my kids first. Then I'm going to ask God to lead and guide my children. I'm going to decide how to spend and save my money first or, or to be a really good employee or, or a really good student or employer first. Then I'm going to ask God to bless my finances or my studies or my work or my job. And as good as all of those things are, that's backwards. Remember, our life with Jesus isn't transactional. God helps those who help themselves is a cause and effect statement. It says that I'm doing something first. Now God has to do something. But instead, God is inviting us into a place of holiness and surrender and obedience that says, no, I don't. I can't do anything first. So I'm fully surrendering my marriage and my children and my finances and my career and my relationships over to Jesus fully because I can't do something first and then think that Jesus is gonna help me. That's not how it works. I'm not doing something first. I'm surrendering to Jesus in his way, in his will first. Now, I really wanna hammer this home because I meet so many people who are, who are trying to either earn their way into a relationship with Jesus or they're just trying to stay in his good graces by doing good things. People think if I do these good things or if I don't do these bad things, then God will help those who help themselves. But say it again, I wanna hear it. The Bible doesn't say that. No. So Jeremy, if, if God doesn't help those who help themselves, but instead help those who can't help themselves, then what? what assurance do I have that he's going to take care of my needs? It's a great question. Because there are things in, in my life right now, Jeremy, that, that, that are really stressing me out. And I feel like that I'm the one that needs to do something about it. I'm the one who sees how important my needs are now. So maybe I should just jump in and begin to help myself first. And then when Jesus sees that I can't do this, then he'll jump in to help me. But let's go back to our key passage for today. Okay, let's look what Jesus said. He says, seek after the kingdom of God first, not ourselves. And if we do, all of our needs will be taken care of. Now, it may not look the way that we want it. 
right? But, but if we seek the kingdom of God first and foremost, God will give us everything we need. Not necessarily want everything that we need. That is his commitment. That is his promise to you if you seek him first. So there's a couple of prayers that I believe that we should pray when it comes to us depending on God to help us. If we really seek him first, okay? Prayer number one is this. God, help me to rely on you and not on me. Help me to rely on you and not on me. In other words, God, I wanna be you sufficient and not self-sufficient. Because our, our modern culture idolizes self-sufficiency, doesn't it? Our, our, our culture says, you be strong, be independent. You don't need anybody else. You can do it. Don't rely on anyone. But God who helps, God, but God helps those who help themselves is only a half truth. And we know that Satan loves to hide in half truths because Satan wants us to believe that we don't fully need to rely on God, that there's a certain distance that you and I can go first before we ever really need to ask God for help, if we ever do that. But look what Proverbs says, Proverbs chapter three, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord, don't depend on you. Trust in the Lord, do not depend on your own understanding. Scripture is clear. Do not depend on you, but depend on God. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been in the situation where you believed that everything actually depended on you? That you were in control? That you had to figure this thing out? That you, you, you? I know I've shared this story before uh, two or three times, but I know we have a lot of new people, a lot of new people watching online that may not know this. But back in February 2012, Sunday morning, 7 a.m., uh, the, the, the church that I work for, the pastor called me in the office and forced me to resign. I had done nothing wrong. I didn't know where this was coming from. It came completely, I mean, out of left field. It kind of knocked the wind out of me. Knocked, knocked, it just knocked me off my feet. I, I, I was like, what is going on here? Give me 30 minutes to load up, to clear out my office. It took two boxes. That's it. Two boxes to clear out my office. And I went home. Come to find out later, there was some like inner family politics going on. I needed to go out so that the son could come in and, and be the, the new youth pastor. And so I went home, I was crying, I was devastated. Janet was crying, the kids were crying. I moved to Wisconsin for this church, for this position. And now it's just gone. And I remember just laying there and crying and thinking, what am I gonna do? This is out of my control. I, I can't do it. Do I, do I go back in the workforce? Do I just find a secular job here, you know, a kind of a corporate job uh, here in Wisconsin? Do I go back home? Do I go online and try to find another church? Uh, what, what do I do? This is beyond my understanding. And I remember just thinking, nope, you don't knock Jeremy Moore down. You may have knocked me down. You may have knocked the wind out of me, but I'm getting right back up. I'm picking myself up but, you know, by, by my bootstraps and, and you, you don't keep a moor down too long. And here we go, I'm moving forward and, and, and greater is he that's in me than he's a, that's in the world. And I was quoting scripture and I was just, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And then I remember thinking, no, I, I can't do anything about this. I'm hurt, I'm mad, I'm wounded. I'm broken, I'm bitter, I'm resentful, I'm frustrated. And why, why, why? 
And I remember it was almost as clear as day when I got done. It's almost as, as if God was standing there and he looked over at me and said, are you done? Are you done feeling sorry for yourself? You're right. You are helpless, Jeremy. You can't do anything about this. You, do you think this caught me by surprise, Jeremy? I knew this was going to happen. My ways are better than your ways. My, my will is better than your will. You are helpless. You can't do anything ab about this because my word says, trust in me and lean not on your understanding, Jeremy. Culture says me first. And it was really amazing that when I sat back and took a breath and let God be in control, how everything just worked out. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how that happens? Culture says me first, but God's plan for, for our lives is the exact opposite. Jesus said to focus on him first, and then God will take care of your necessities. Following Jesus is about living a selfless life. When asked by the religious leaders, remember what Jesus said when they said, what are the, what's the most important commandments? And Jesus in Matthew 22 says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, but a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God said, there's another one that's just as equally important. Love your neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor. Translation, love God and love others. One of those mic drop moments from Jesus. I love it. God doesn't want us independent of him. He wants us to be totally dependent on him. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth and in me as it is in heaven. The key to our text today is found in verses 30 to 33. Listen to it from the message translation. I love the message translation, how it says this. Matthew 6, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, which, which uh, most, most of which are never ever seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. If we focus on seeking God first, there will be nothing in life that we have to worry about. That's not just a saying. That's not to hype everybody up. And so you leave here feeling good about, about something that was said this morning. This is a promise from the creator of the universe. And God always keeps his promises. If you seek him first, he will take care of every one of your needs. Jesus said to seek, seek after the kingdom of God first, to pursue, to chase after, to look forward, to align with first, and all your needs will be met. So the question is, is God your first priority? Do you pursue him above everyone and everything else? Our relationship with God needs to be our top priority and not worry about anything else. So prayer number one is this, God help me to rely on you and not on me. Prayer number two is this, God help me to make you my first priority. Help me to make you my first priority. A lot of times this is where our worry begins to creep into our lives because we haven't put God first. I found in my own personal life that the seasons where I have the least amount of stress 
is when I trust God the most. These three things that Jesus mentions, food, drink, and clothing, these are just examples of some of the stressors that in our life that we will allow to consume us if we're not careful. And it's not an exhaustive list, but what Jesus is communicating, that if we will make the kingdom of God our first priority, to love God, to love others, your kingdom come, your will be done, all of our other needs will be met. But is God your first priority? Do you give him the first part of your day? Do you consider him before making major life decisions? Do you pray over your day and your family and your job and your relationships before they're in trouble? Or do you wait till you're in the middle of some sort of chaos before crying out to God? In other words, are you hitting your knees at the beginning of your day before you fall flat on your face in the middle of it? Success Magazine published an article on the three mistakes that most people make whenever they're creating a priority list. If you ask someone to create a list of priorities, these are the three most common mistakes that people make. Number one, they never think about them again. Number two, they overcomplicate them. And number three, they don't stick to them. Seeking first the kingdom of God is a pretty simple priority, but it's often difficult to live out. And let's face it, Unfortunately, when we say that God is our top priority, he often falls into these three mistakes. We often never think about him again. We overcomplicate God and we never stick to him. Yahoo Answers actually posed this question online one time. They said, why are priorities important? Why are priorities important? The top voted answer was simply this. A priority is something that is important. <laughs> Why are priorities important? No, a priority is something that is important. It sound, I know it sounds so profound, right? We all know that. We all have priorities in our life. We do them every day from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. There are things in your life that are really important that you do or you try to do every single day that you have to do because you're responsible for them. And then there are those things that we treat as most important. The question is, are you treating the most important thing with the most importance? Are you seeking the kingdom of God first? God helps those who help themselves? Not true. God helps those who can't help themselves. God helps the helpless. Psalm 46 says this, God is our refuge and our strength. Always ready to help when I do it myself first. Nope. Always ready to help in times of trouble. Now I have a confession I need to make. In my world, you have your world, I have my world. In my world, I am the worst at asking for help. I know that resonates with a lot of people in here because I've talked to you before. <laughs> Some of us are horrible at asking for help. It has gotten me into more trouble over my lifetime than probably anything else. I know it's a total pride thing. I'm the second born. I'm super independent. I'm stubborn. I love trying things on my own. I look at things and I think, oh, I can do that. I don't need any help. But I also know for me and my personality, I also know that there's something in me that says if I ask for help, that it's a sign of weakness, that it's a lack of competence, that I'm not a strong leader. I let that inner bully say those things to me. 
It's a major insecurity of mine that I'm constantly having to surrender over to God. But what I've also discovered is that mentality has also showed up in my relationship with Jesus. Because, wait a minute, God helps those who help themselves, right? So I'll try it first on my own. And then when I'm in trouble, I'll cry out to Jesus. I'm going to try it on my own first. And if that doesn't work, then I'll ask for God's guidance and wisdom and direction, and counsel, all those great words. But the Bible doesn't say that. You see, that's being self-sufficient. That's not being him-sufficient. That's seeking my kingdom first, not his kingdom first. Because if I seek his kingdom first, all of my other needs will be met. The Bible does say that. But all too often, this is us. All too often, this is us. I don't know if you've seen this picture. I love this photo. If I could, I'd blow this thing up and put it on the wall. This picture resonates with me so much because that has been me so many times. God helps those who help themselves. What in the world do you think this little lamb is going to do for himself? Maybe he can eat on his own. Maybe he can drink on his own. We don't know. But he sure can't protect himself. And guess what? You know what the scripture says about us and sheep? Isaiah says that all of us are like sheep and have wandered away from the path of God on our own path. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. And that is so many of us. We wander away, we drift away thinking, I've got this, I can do it on my own. Just staring into the oblivion, not paying attention of all the dangers around us, not paying attention to all the pitfalls around us. But when you are in that vulnerable state, look behind you. Look who's coming to get you because you are helpless. You can't do it on your own. And when you think you can, stop. Stop your momentum. Stop going the direction that you're going and wait for Jesus to come and get you because he helps the helpless. I don't know about you, but like I said, that's been me so many times. I know for a fact that God, if I even began to tell you the struggle and the conflict that I had this week, that Pastor Dave and I have putting this message together, the enemy was all over me this week putting this message together because I know there are so many people in here that that's you doing your own thing, thinking you can do it on your own, thinking you've got this thing figured out, not trusting in God, but leaning on your own understanding. And I know that God it gave me these words. He gave me this message to, to communicate to you today that you cannot do it on your own, that you are helpless. And the best thing to do is stop Go in the direction that you're going. Allow Jesus to catch up with you. Because he'll pick you up. He'll hold you. He'll remind you that he is in control of your life, not you. We have to let him catch up with us though. Here's two challenges that I have this week. Two challenges for you this week. Number one, become less self-sufficient and begin to trust God with all your needs. 
Become less self-sufficient. Begin to trust God with all your needs. Number two, make God your first priority. Give him the first of your time. Give him the first of your connection. Give him the first of your communication. Give him your first in your serving. Give him the first in your giving. Seek his kingdom first. Love God, love others. Quit being that little lamb. We are helpless. God does not help those who help themselves. He helps those who can't help themselves. Will you bow your heads? Father, thank you so much, Lord, that like that image, Lord, all of us like sheep have gone astray. It's so easy for us to get off the path that you have chosen for us and try to do it on our own. We try to do our own path. Lord, that's when we get in trouble. Lord, thank you for letting us understand that you do not help those who help themselves. You help those who are helpless. You help those who can't help themselves. Father, this morning, we surrender our way to your way. We surrender our will to your will because we cannot do it on our own. We will begin to trust in you and lean not on our understanding, but trust in you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that all those times, Lord, that we have gone astray. Father, you've never let us just go off into the abyss and to be attacked by the wolves, Lord, but instead you come running after us. Thank you, Jesus. Father, as we leave here, Lord, I pray, God, that we will just take these two challenges, Lord, that we will be more you sufficient and less self-sufficient, Lord, that we will begin to put you as our first priority from the beginning of our day all the way to the end of our day. Lord, may you be the first person that we talk to and the last person we talk to before we go to bed. Lord, as we do that, your promise will be true that if we seek you first, all of our other needs will be met. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, before you leave, don't forget all the announcements that we gave earlier. If you came prepared to give, you can drop that off in our giving box. If you're here for the first time, make sure you go grab a mug. And then also go grab some popcorn, go check out our kids area and uh, ask some questions, meet our kids team and see what's going on in there. Hey, we love you guys. Have an amazing week. We will see you back here next weekend. See you later.